For tuning in to Sassy Sessions podcast, I'm your host, your girl, Sassy Sheena. Our focus at Sassy Sessions is on self love, dating, and relationships. If this is your first time tuning in, please know Sassy Sessions is definitely real, very much raw, and always relevant. Here at Sassy Sessions, we believe that before you can find love, you have to genuinely fall in love with yourself. Once you are ready for love's journey, Sassy Sessions will help you become aware of both the green and red flags of dating and relationship maintenance. My guest and I are not licensed therapists. We are simply sharing our personal views and opinions and not those of the companies, organizations, or associations we are affiliated with. Sassy Sessions. Let's talk about it. Today, Sassy Saints, we are discussing when men heal. I have a panel of black male therapists representing. Please welcome Johnny Guthers, Kervin Searles, Rob Lawrence II, Andre Scott, and Thomas Davis. This joint about to be litty. Let's go. So let's get started. So we, I asked you guys, um, the viewers, to actually send in some questions so that we can have a better understanding of what you guys wanted to hear or know. It is very rare, first, first of all, to even have one or see one uh, black male therapist, but to have five up on my joint, like, listen, that, to God be the glory on that alone, okay, right? It's five of y'all. Y'all all black. Y'all all men. We all up on here, right? <laughs> Something wrong with me, Audrey, though. It's, it's okay. So question number one, why are black men hesitant in trying therapy and or counseling because that's always somebody's question right so what is the taboo who wants anyone can go yeah i started off so we don't have a lag here um i think the first thing that comes to mind is uh usually if you're talking about going to see somebody then there's got to be a problem right Mm -hmm. and you know who wants to say that they got a problem nobody and if you want to go deeper than that who wants to say i have a mental illness um, but it's not about having a problem. It's not necessarily about uh, a mental illness. It's about uh, well-being, mental health, um, you know, just experiencing the best life you can. And if, you know, sometimes you need to go talk to somebody or if you can talk to somebody to get a different perspective on life. Mm, that's kind of like that. dope. So, Awesome. Anybody else? Yes. Go ahead. I want to jump in and just say it's just like this. We as men, you know, we were always taught and raised that you don't talk about your problems. You deal with it inside. You don't need to go talk to anybody about how you're feeling or the fact that you have an emotion of being sad. Like, who does that as men? That's what we're told. Mm -hmm. But in reality, what we don't realize is that going to a therapist, going to a counselor is a sign and sense of release being able to just be who you are in a non-threatening setting. But before we get to that point, we got to understand that these are also what I call generational barriers because our fathers, our grandfathers, our fourth, you know, our uncles, they never really went and had anyone to talk to. So I think some of this is all about how, how we were raised and brought up. So. Love it, Johnny. And then Rob. Um, I think there's a stigma in terms of men going to see they're going to therapy and counseling because of that factor of that sign of being weak. So mm. if we was to go to see a professional just to make sure that we're our emotions are intact or make sure that we get our problems and needs met. That's a sign of weakness. It's saying, oh, you're a man. You're going to a therapist. You're weak. You don't know how to control yourself. You don't know how to handle yourself. But more so, we got to be able to look at it in a different perspective to say that, okay, you're going to therapy or you're going to counseling as a way of it being a strength. So not looking at it as a weakness, look at it as a strength. And also with us as men, if we see other men that are going to seek the help that they need, we got to be able to show them compassion and give them strength and support to say, okay, you're doing the right thing by seeking help instead of shunning you know, that person down. And that's the thing that we need to break like um, Thomas said, we got to break that gener- generational curse and drink, break that habit in terms of saying that, oh, you're, you know, you're weak. But look at it as a way to saying that you're strong because you're making a way for yourself to get the help that you need. Great. 
Come on, Rob. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to piggyback off both Thomas and Johnny, especially like with the generational aspect. But the other thing, too, is, I mean, speaking to black men not seeking therapy, the field is predominantly, you know, white women or white men. And I mean, just from a historical perspective, you know, that's disruptive to our home. Right. And for a lot of us, we were grown up, we've grown up and you handle your stuff in house. You know, you talk to your family about it. If you can't, you deal with it on your own. So, you know, I think it's somewhat of like an added responsibility, you know, to try to break that stigma, like Johnny was saying, as it pertains to mental health uh, and just wellness in general. Because, I mean, therapy literally can be whatever you want to make of it. Um, you know, I think that part gets left out. You know, it is your space, kind of as Thomas was saying, as long as, you know, there's no imminent risk to say whatever. You know, you can vent about whoever. You know, you can vent about mom, you can vent about dad, you can vent about your significant other, you can vent about your kids, your boss, whatever. You know, and we offer that space. Awesome. Andre, did you want to say something? Oh, uh, yeah, just to... Um coincide with the other gentlemen. I don't want to say people are afraid, but that's a, a key underlying factor and just being vulnerable and not wanting to be judged. Mm. Um, so just putting all, all the things the gentlemen said together, uh, we as men, we don't want to say that we are hurt as opposed to we're angry and we want to smash something. We don't want to really tap into that actual emotional expression. And then uh, we don't want to be judged. So that rejection and things like that and being told that we are in the wrong when we're trying to seek that help. So it, it may deter us from, from seeking it if it's not going to be beneficial. So I know this is not on the question list that I gave you guys, but this just came to mind because so many women ask questions like, well, you know, well, why men don't do this and why men don't do that? But something just came like to the f- full forefront when you say men don't want to be judged, is it nine times out of 10, the woman or the women that they are around that are the first people to judge them? Would you guys agree with that? Is that where the, like, eh, maybe not, maybe I should just keep my feelings to myself. That in combination with the, um, with the cultural piece, um, what goes on his house stays in his house. I'm not exactly feeling comfortable. Uh, um, like Rob said, with those people that are offering the service. So if I can't confide in you and trust in you, I'm really not going to seek the service in in the beginning. To piggyback, I mean, I don't think it's like a little bit of a 50-50 thing. Because, I mean, when you just, you know, from the cultural aspect and just the way that things are, you know, the way that we express certain, you know, emotions is going to be vastly different than, you know, the way that you look it up in like a textbook. It's a little bit of everything because when it comes down to significant stressors and stuff like that, it's not so much, you know, just from the female. Sometimes it's just, you know, the environment, the culture, right? You know, you got to be a proud male. You got to be, you know, up. You got to be up here. And even, you know, with the way that we express emotions, right? You know, like as men, just in general, it's anger, right? We're not really taught to tap into the other thing. And then over time, you know, the issue becomes... You sort of become, uh, you know, dense to it, if you will, right? Like, you know, fellas, you all know the anger iceberg, but in general, right, like that buildup of various emotions only displays this anger. So it's like it's all there, but there's only one way that it comes out. And it's never really just one thing when it comes to why, you know, men don't seek therapy. It's the combination, not having that outlet and then just feeling pressed. And if I may add on, and that's a great question, Sassy, for for just saying this. What I think we also have to understand is, as a man, you are expected to do so much. Mm. You're expected to be the provider. Mm -hmm. You are expected to be the caretaker. You're expected to run the house. Mm -hmm. And what, what women, and this is no disrespect at all, I think where the breakdown is, is that there there is a lot of uh, indirect expectations on us to date to people forget in general that we are still human too i love what, that what happens when i can't make that money what happens when like right now we are in a pandemic so my side hustle of of, of doing certain things is put on pause mm-hmm. but we have set ourselves up for this lifestyle that we live in our homes a certain way 
So what happens then when I can't meet that expectation? So if I can add, if I can add on Rob, and that's a great point. It's all about what do we expect from each other. Mm. I love that. I love that, Kim. With that, Sheena, there's something that was mentioned um, in our Facebook audience that I feel like is worth sharing. Mm -hmm. um, Hajara, if I pronounce your name wrong, feel free to um, call me names in my inbox. It's fine. <laughs> um, it, in in all its simplicity, she said, "Support, not stifle," mm. which kind of takes it to another question that we have on the list um, and goes right along with what uh, Thomas was just saying. What type of conversations should we be having to fix the mi misconception of what a man is or is not? Mm -hmm. I love that. That was a good segue, Kent. Yes. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Anyone can take that. Andre? Um, I, the joys of only being able to operate from your own brain. So, um, I have, I was raised, I'm an adult now, raised by a single mom. My father was in jail, uh, my whole life. Um, so I was able to tap into, um, people in the community, coaches, principals, things of that nature. So I didn't have an exact one, two, three on what a man looks like it's supposed to behave like things of that nature um so i think that is a, a privilege that i get to view the world from that vantage point mm -hmm. but um culturally speaking a lot of men don't uh, men are supposed to be tough and rough and take care of this and and break the house down and build the house back up those type of things um but being raised by a single mom i learned other talents and skills so um for me it's it's always being true to yourself. That's the core to everything I do, always being true to yourself. So if you as a man like to plant flowers, go outside and plant flowers and find whatever it is that you feel creates your essence, man, um, tap into that. So that's, that would be my conversation to men seeking man advice. Be yourself. I love that. Oh, man, I like that. Come on. I want to just jump in and say, you know, what conversations, what we need to have to fix the misconceptions, just give the whole conversation. Mm. Give the, don't just say, um, don't just look at the guy as a provider. Don't just look at him as a protector. But he also need to be loving and nurturing as well um, so that he can show that to the next generation. So give the whole conversation and not just pieces of it because a lot of times that's what we get. We just get the pieces. We're not able to kind of get the full knowledge of what it is to be a man until maybe later on in life. And you know what that reminds me of very quickly? I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody made a post somewhere on one of these social media that, you know, was saying like you want your son to grow up to be a good father, providing father and a nurturing father, but you won't let him touch his little sister's baby dolls. Mm. that's that's mm. kind of what that reminded me of not to say that if the boy wants a doll give him a, I mean honestly if the boy wants a doll give him a doll but how do you how do you teach your son that he needs to grow up to be a good father if you don't even give him the so, opportunity so what I hear you saying Kent is uh growing up to be nurturing like right. how do you teach a man to love on his kid hold his child change the diaper, you know, because the first experience that most men usually get is when, when they become a father. So how do we incorporate those things? That's good. How do we incorporate those things into our young men, right? Because those, our young men are who become the fathers, right? And we're telling them, you know, it's okay to have sex, but we're not, and we're telling them what you don't want is a baby, but we're not telling them all the things that go into parenting. That's real good. We don't teach them how to be parents, how to love, how to, um, how to give, you know, we just say you go out like, uh, I think, um, I can't remember who said it, you know, you build the house, you, you tear it down, you, you know, you do all these things and you have to be with your hands. But what about those guys or relationships where fathers are stay at home dads, right? Or full-time dads, right? And they're carrying the load just like, you know, um, single moms, because a lot of times we forget about those single dads out there holding it down, going to work, the same thing the women are doing and they're not getting their just due. 
right? So I love that. More programs should definitely do the baby alive. Do y'all remember that? I don't know if you guys ever had that, the baby alive, right? Where it was like the fake little baby and you take them home and uh, the little shit cried and everything and you just wanted to throw it away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, I was going to speak to that sort of like just, I can only really speak off, you know, my own experience similar to Andre, but, you know, both sides of my family were predominantly raised by, uh, you know, the women. Um, my mom's from Liberia. My grandmother immigrated over here first and my mom came after. Um, and my grandma's always held down the family. Same with, you know, my paternal grandmother. She had five boys, um, ran that household, you know, and they all did, you know, well. Um, but the one thing I will say is, you know, being supportive and, you know, like Kevin was saying, the whole conversation, you know, not part of it. I think that's one of the things within the community that we sort of do. And I think the intentions are meant to be better than the result. And we withhold information and we like, you know, want people to go through this experience and, you know, scrape their knees, if you will, but it's kind of unnecessary. And it's like, you know, you could just tell me what's going to happen. Now, that's not to say that people don't go do what they're going to do anyway, right? But in a way, right, if you want to be the leader, you know, if you want to be the progenerator or whatever, you got to be able to provide that insight. You got to be able to provide that information to people. Um, and, you know, it's just like Andre said, if you, like, if you like flowers, plant flowers, you know, if you like doing this, do that. You know, my household, it was a 50-50 split. I mean, at this point in time, you know, I'm 30 now. When I was 18 on, my dad was the primary chef of the house. And he had a full-time job, just like my mom. But that's how, you know, things get broken, you know, when you break this thing. When you start to see and you have those full conversations when it's there, when there's support, when you can go to people. I don't think that when it comes to interest, there's ever going to be like a singular person that's going to fill that role, right? You know, if I'm interested in astrophysics, my dad is a history teacher, he's not the one, right? You know, there's going to be role players as you chase those interests along the way. But being able to have that conversation, you know, not being like, oh, you got to go figure it out for yourself. If you're able to help facilitate that search, facilitate that search, being there, being supportive, you know, is the most important thing. I love it. Um, we're going to go with Thomas and then Kent, can you go to the Facebook? Yep. Because I got, yeah, there's two things here. I want to shout out Andre and Robert. I, uh, I as well was raised by a single parent. Um, well, let me just dad, ask everybody. Was everybody raised by a single parent? Anybody different? came from the two-parent home. Oh, wow. We got to hear from your perspective. Okay, come on, come on. So come. from the age of 13 and up, um, I was raised by my mother. Um, one of the things that I want to shout out what Andre and Rob said is just one word, and it goes back to Kent's question and your initial question. It's acceptance. Mm -hmm. Like, we got to learn how to accept some of the things that we can't change. Come on. If you I could go back... If, <laughs> if I could go back and change... From the age of 13 to 25, I would be a totally different person because I did not like the fact that every female in my in my family raised me. I wanted to be this rough and tough guy, but I had to realize that at that particular moment, that was not what I needed because I needed to have that balance. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes our friends, our networks, our environment has this quote unquote expectation with what we as men should be without understanding that at the end of the day, like um, Rob said, if you wanna plant a flower, plant a flower. If you wanna dance and do ballet, do whatever it takes to make who you are because that goes to kids question, that teaches you how to parent your child. Mm. Because being able to understand where you lack that can open up an opportunity for you to say, when I have a kid, I don't want my child to feel like that he can't be or she can't be who he or she is mm -hmm. because of what the quote unquote society says. I love that. I'm sorry, Kim. I just got to hear from Kirby yep, being from a two family home because that's very important. Um, 
it like you said you got to tell the whole story so let's let's be inclusive right so um what was your perspective or your upbringing like I was just going to say earlier, um, I think it was Rob that they kind of brought this to to the forefront when he said, see, you know, people don't just do what they hear. They do what they see. Come on. And fortunately for me, I I I saw after love because I watched how my mom and dad. Come on. Say that. Yo, after the Valentine's Day, I, I think <laughs> you need to say that again. Yeah. Please I, say I watched... that again. Let these people know you got to come on. You got me hot. Okay. All right. Now, um, (laughs) now I I watched how my mom and dad interact and and my dad really, really, really loved my mom. Um, my mom loved my dad and just the way that they interact with each other is what I wanted. That's what I wanted before I wanted Gina and Martin, um, Mm. before I wanted Darius and Nina. Um, now, I did look to those and I like those. I like how they, they carried it out. But mom and dad was my foundation. So uh, in addition to that, we have to be we have to be intentional and mindful about what we are doing. Each and every one of us, even with you um, putting this together and showing five black male therapists. Now people are knowing, OK, you know what? There are male therapists out there. You know, I'm all the way down here in the south. You got those guys up in the north. But, I mean, we're all over. We really are all over. It's just, you have to be intentional about what you showing to the world. Yeah. You, you my homie. I'm coming to see you, you and Melinda. Come on, Ken. <laughs> um, something quick to share from the audience. We have Justin who said there's no manual or directions on how to be a man. Men who had the opportunity to learn from their fathers have to instill that blueprint. Oh, I'm sorry. There's no manual or directions on how to be a man. Men who had the opportunity to learn from their fathers have to instill that blueprint in their sons. Um, And we also have a question. Uh, What type of unrealistic expectations do men place on themselves? And also to take it a step further, how do we normalize more realistic expectations for ourselves or those that we think other people have for us? So simplify that, reword, rephrase. Um, it, we, it was touched on earlier. Um, there are all of these notions of what it is to be a man and even more so what it is to be a black man. And a lot of times we find that it's very difficult to live up to those expectations, but it is what the world told us we needed to be. Mm -hmm. How often do we take it and accept that for ourselves instead of being who it is that we actually are? And how do we get ourselves to a place where those no longer have a hold on us? Did I say that the right way? Mm -hmm. Those things. Yeah. Johnny, you thinking about it? Okay. Rob, Rob, you be quick on the draw. Like you be ready. (laughs) Um, I mean, the first thing I can, again, I can really only speak to like my approach to those type of problems is, you know, definitely recently you've seen an increase in like race-based stress with folks. Um, how do I process this? You know, I can speak only personally to just what I have seen is especially those, you know, who identify as biracial, feeling that strong connection now and not knowing how am I supposed to act. And it's sort of, you know, highlights uh you know major issue and you know don't necessarily want to take the whole conversation here but like white supremacy in a way right like the focus on what is and what isn't you know the construct of the african family is not what this you know is um but when it comes to you know men and women what what you should and shouldn't do historically black women have been the breadwinners right that's how it's been, you know, in this country. Um, but it's that added pressure to try to be something that we're not, you know, we're different. And, you know, one of the biggest things is making people proud of who they are, you know, internally before you start worrying about all these external things, right? Like you should be like this, you should be like that. But if this isn't solid, you know, you're going to broken apart and pulled every different, every which way. Right. You know, again, like, my dad at this point is a better chef than my mom. I'm, I'm sorry whenever you hear us, mom, but 
at this point, that's kind of how it is. And, you know, there are things that, and, you know, again, mom, don't kill me for saying this. My dad picks out better outfits, you know, again, those are little things. And essentially that goes against the grain, right? right? As a man, you shouldn't have that fashion sense, but here we are, right? It's 2021. And that's part of the thing with progress is the molds have, you know, you can't rely on a singular mold. Mm-hmm things continue to go forward and challenge that. So if you're not changing and making those adjustments, you're not going to fit. Right. So it's one of those things where there is no real correct way to, you know, approach being a man if you're not solid here. So what I hear you saying, Rob, is that self-awareness is to keep everything because that right there. So this is why I started Sassy Sessions because so let me just tell y'all real quick. Um, I was married, uh, had my first child, um, all within like less than a year. And um, I got married at like 25, right? And so then I jumped and I said, you know what? In 2016, I said, okay, I can no longer do this. I'm so unhappy. I don't know who I am. I don't know what's going on. I just need to leave, right? So long story short, I left. But then as I was going this nice little journey, I realized that there was some shit that I just didn't understand, but it started off for me as dating, right? So I'm like, okay, I'm trying to date, right? And what the hell is a Netflix and chill? Jesus, who, why they, why they trying to take me to the house? Uh, we don't go to, we don't go to dates no more. And this is coming from somebody who before marriage, I was in Atlanta and in Charlotte where men would come by your table and literally buy you and your friends a drink and just say, have a good evening. You understand what I'm saying? And I came back to Buffalo. I came back to Buffalo and I was like, what the? Right? Everybody want to have sex. Everybody want to whatever. So I got married. So now, now it's, you know, all these years later. And I'm like, this is some bull. So I came on the Facebook. Now I really was wanting answers, like legit answers. I'm not a person to go on Facebook live to ask questions, but that has just become my life. Cause that was what God had ordained. But anyway, uh, I really was like, okay, I need to ask these people, like, is this what's going on, right? But it didn't hit me until I went to counseling that I understood that self-awareness was so important. Knowing who you are is like the the foundation of, um, so I got this plant, this relationship plant analogy that I go with, right? So I say that the pot is the foundation, just like everything that, you know, your family produced, gave you, put, you know, put, made you together, like things you can't really take away, you know, because your family did this. This is what they they did to you. Somebody else called it a marinade, right? And then the soil is the things that make you, you, your personality, the things you like, the colors, etc. And the seeds are what you plant inside yourself, Right? Because we need to put some things inside of us. If we don't put anything in us, can't nothing come from us. Can I say, y'all hear me preaching over here? But all seriousness, if you don't put anything in you, you're not going to produce anything, right? So that self-awareness is a really, really, really big point. And if you heard me in the beginning, I said, you know, self-awareness and empowerment, healing, because we are broken as a people. It's not just Black women. It's not just, we are a little effed up to be real, right? And then we mess, making little effed up babies because we instilling them with the wrong stuff. All right, Andre, <laughs> over here. All right, Kent, I'm sorry, next question. <laughs> um, I like where you took it, Sheena, because one of our previously submitted questions is relationship focused. Why is it so difficult for someone to recognize their mistakes and the part that they play in the demise of a relationship or marriage. Mm. You laughing, Thomas. Come on, brother. I think it goes back to what you just said, awareness. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, sometimes when marriages or relationships go south and in that particular person's mindset, they could have this mindset that I didn't do nothing to F it up. This just happened, right. And I also think it goes back to the mindset. It goes back to a little bit of that 
historical thing like how did the relationship start mm. did the relationship start in the club over drinks did the relationship start that when you left the club you went to the crib and did what you did and come you on, made that situation and you made that situation a relationship so i think to answer that question you got to get a little bit deeper into why how it started what was going on and what changed because sometimes when you wake up in the morning you're like, did I really just do this? Come on, Thomas. But because connections are there, we sometimes, men and women, whatever background, whatever orientation, whatever it is, we don't want to necessarily sometimes hurt the other person's feelings. Them soul ties, brother, them soul ties. Secondly, it's also a word that we don't like to talk about, but, but you hit on it, Sassy. It's convenience. Because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be alone. Huh. But we don't like to have those real conversations. Right. So if you can itch that scratch for that particular moment, and it's decent. I'm going to keep you around. Why not? Come on. Come on, Andre. I'm just going to be quiet. I'm going to be quiet. <laughs> no, bring it. <laughs> bring all the pain. Because the people need to hear the shit. <laughs> I like him. Um, I'm, I'm real uh, sensitive to words. So the question said some men. Hmm. So in yes. that instance, we got to consider which men are being chosen. Ooh, you uh, in every situation, like Tom said, Tom, it's my fault. Every situation is not a relationship generating situation. So um, I'm not giving anybody a, a pass or a, a get out of relationship free card, but we got to know what we're doing before we start. And both parties have to be honest and responsible you better say that andre listen ladies ladies i hope you heard what these gentlemen said we sit up here a situation that was supposed to be for a season we trying to make a reason right we trying to hold on you know what and the re when we try to make it a reason we try to make it a reason longer than the reason we started right so when it start off and it end real quick or he can't acknowledge his feelings, that should give you, give you insight to what it really was from the very beginning. I tell people all the time, you have to sometimes shut up, stop talking, and listen. Not just listen, actively listen. Because sometimes people are saying the things that you really want to know, but when you're too busy talking, you ain't got nothing, you can't hear what they're saying. Right. And women do it all the time, don't we? We just run our little mouths, ain't listening to shit nobody telling us. And then we got questions like, why? Mm. Anywho. So, um, in turning that season, trying to turn that season into a reason, I feel like a huge amount of complacency sets in. Hmm. What would anyone on the panel say would be a good first step to break out? of that complacency. I don't want to call it comfort because it ain't always comfortable, but you are used to it. Hmm. That's a good one, Kent. Um, I, I can't speak for everybody. That's going to be my disclaimer. Learn from Ceci. Uh, <laughs> just honesty, man. I don't know what's wrong with people. If you can't be honest, just stop. Just stop. Like, I, I can't Think of a very special term. If you can't be honest, just stop. You know what you're trying to do when you get started. You know if this person is going fit your aura and vibe moving forward. If it's just a good evening, I'm not saying be uh, loose in your activities, but just have a good evening and just be honest from the beginning. I like that. But you know, and everyone on here can, can uh, Johnny, I'm gonna let you go. But you know, women are hard headed, right? So even when a man is being honest. She hears what she wants to hear. Y'all know she hear what she want to hear. Well, he said, nah, sister. He said he ain't want no relationship. And you tried to continue to enjoy the time to think that it was going to create something that wasn't there. But that goes back to self-awareness. If you knew yourself, right? You wouldn't go for the okie doke. But anyhow, Johnny. Yeah, and I want to agree with that point because that's where the part where we have to self-evaluate 
what we want within one within ourselves, but also within a relationship. Because sometimes we put ourselves into relationships that doesn't even build up to what we want to be personally as an individual. So we just, you know, we just connected with somebody just because we want to connect with somebody and not really looking at our true selves and not really identifying what we really want to put towards within relationship, but also what we want to put give get within ourselves. And then also another issue when it comes to like relationships as well is that no one wants to be accountable for their actions. Males and females, no one wants to take accountability for what's going on. So we quick nowadays to quit playing the doing the blame game. We quick to lash out on people on you know text messaging, social media, all yes. this and the third, but don't really want to take accountability to say, okay, I messed up, I did this, let me sit on my stuff and then take some time to apologize or make something work. Agreed. Agreed. Can't Let's go to social media. I see a few comments. I do. We have a couple of comments. Daphne said, don't take someone's reality and have them thinking they're in a relationship. Hmm. Uh, we also have people do create entire relationships in their heads. And who told you to do that? <laughs> I mean, that's I, a fact. It is. I've actually... I joke about it, but I've, I know people who are legit like in a relationship and the other person has no idea that the relationship even exists. And it happens and they, for both men and women. It happens in all types of relationships, heterosexual and, and thereof, you know, it happens, right? But again, I think that at the end of the day, like these gentlemen said, and that like we keep trying to get people to understand, if you know what it is, that you want, if you are self-aware, if you give yourself some steps, some tools, you, you're clear on what your purpose is, can't nobody make you feel like you're in a relationship because you're going to have expectations. You are going to be clear on what it is that you want. You are going to have a conversation, okay? If they can't give you or sit, they're not being able to provide you with what it is that you want, then you know you're not in a relationship. But, I don't, but the biggest thing is we get so lackadaisical when it comes to sex that we think it's a free-for-all and we have sex and we create these emotional attachments and then say, girl, I don't know how, why I can't just get him out my my mind because he connected with your soul, right? If he had no connection to your soul, it would have been easier to leave him behind. But as soon as y'all made that soul tie, Honey, now you got him on you, in you, smelling you, your pH is all off and you wondering why, right? Men, same thing. You connected to this bad chick. Oh, she's so bad. She's so fine. She don't know how to cook, clean, any of the things that you got on your list that you want in a wife or a woman or a boyfriend or whatever, whatever your preference. I don't care who it is. If you got, if you know what it is, what you want and you know how to go get it, then do so. If you don't sit your ass down to go heal, that's that's <laughs> what I got to say. Okay. T-shirt, Shana. Put it on a t-shirt. We got a really <laughs> good. We put it on a t-shirt. Put it on a coffee mug for me. Shit. I'll drink it during my team's meetings. Um, we got a really good gear switch question for the entire panel. Okay. What have been some barriers that you have experienced as black male therapists? Oh, that's good. We're gonna start with uh, uh come on, Tommy. Uh, well, I on my well, based on my experience, because I work with kids, but and plus I work in a school setting as well. But I think a barrier really is just to just to cross that particular hurdle to be that person that you want to be. So, like for example, with me working with family links and within my particular department, I'm the only black male therapist in my department working in a school environment. And then also in my school setting, I'm the only black male adult in that school environment as well. So it's like a point that you gotta, that barrier is a point that where you gotta just push it, like try to push yourself out there and but also not try to, you know, call, like cause, you know, cause ruckus and, ruckus and all that stuff like that. You just wanna be like, okay, I'm here because I want to do this. I'm here because I'm doing this work. I'm not trying to 
knock nobody down or do anything like that, regardless of race, gender, and, and stuff like that. I just want to be able to do what I can, do my calling. Right, provide my I service. Yes, do what I came here to do and everything like that. And also um, another barrier when it comes to our field as, as well within ourselves is that we're kind of not acknowledged enough as well. We're not acknowledged because we already know within the mental health and within social work and stuff like that, there's not a lot of black men in this field. So when there's time for us to be able to step up on the forefront and put ourselves out there, we kind of don't get looked at as much. So that's why we always, as us as a collective, we always got to support each other and put ourselves out there more to show people that we do exist, that we are here and we chose this career field or this career path because we have a passion for it. We've been through all these different experiences that we mainly serve our clients with and we just here to do the work and take charge. Awesome. Kervin. Uh, one of the if I if I call it a barrier, one of the barriers would be not having a mentor. Um, and when I say not a mentor, that's that's not to say that there weren't people before me, but it, nobody that I could put my hands on or readily accessible without me really digging and researching for that person. And of course, and nowadays I want to try to be that person for someone else. So if there was a barrier, then that would be one of them. Not even just from a strictly therapy standpoint but you know when we're looking at like career path how to own your own private practice how to build uh, a network you know, not just therapy itself but all the things that come along with it business-wise and so on and so forth i i feel like you know not having a such a tangible mentor is a pretty respectable barrier to you know acknowledge because somebody has to show you how to go about what it is that you're doing no matter what your age is or how much experience you have someone always has a little bit more and you can that always makes you better you know um rob it's not like i mean literally like Karen saying it's not easy because in addition to just not having a mentor you sort of gotta like double down on it because you can't really have a conversation with the day-to-day -day experiences that you have, right? Like microaggressions. And again, it sort of feeds into the topic of things that we're talking about, right? Like, yo, we are all human. As black men, we are still human, right? Like at some point or another, that conversation about race comes across your plate. If you're working for a predominantly white organization as most are, and you know you're sort of left in an odd place right like people turn and look to you in the room to see how you're going to react and you can either give in to that angry black man or woman role or you know you can rise to the occasion and it's not easy right because you're caught in that void and more often than not um you know there is not a clear-cut career path right where it's like if you do this you can be promoted X, Y, Z, you know, whatever you so choose. And, you know, most of us end up turning to the private sector. But like Urban said, like, it's kind of, you know, dive in head first and you figure it out because there's so few of us. Um, I mean, you know, for those of us in Pittsburgh, you know, the city put out, uh, puts out a study every year, you know, inequality across gender and race. It's embarrassing to say, but it's the truth nonetheless about Pittsburgh. The only thing they rank high in for for males is black or black men specifically is having graduate degrees. And with how small this city is, most of us who have a graduate degree end up crossing paths or we know each other. And it's like things like that. So it's not easy, but you do find support, you know, when you come into contact. And it's that sense of relief, like damn i have somebody who understands it just so you can share that you know the little stuff because sometimes you know when it comes to the practicality of just whatever your job is you can get that this is what i need to do but the other stuff it's a challenge so really quickly thank you guys so much it's almost eight o'clock if you have to leave anybody have to leave right now because we got a few more questions
Anybody? Y'all are so blessed. I'm good, I'm good. You good? Okay. So, Kent, thank you. That question was great, whoever gave that question. I want to go into something that a lot of single moms have questions about. So, Kent, can we go just to, because there's a lot of moms out there and a lot of dads. Um, I think we touched on a lot of good points as far as, like, you know, allowing your allowing your child you we didn't say this but if you're gonna have self-awareness then you know building on your child you know what i'm saying putting those good things in your child allowing your child to be who they are teaching them about nourishment um or nurturing and it not being um a gender role right because in this day and age we do it all men and women you know, from cooks to cleans to stylish, you know, whatever. So um, can, can we focus on a few questions as it pertains to being a parent? Yes, I am. I'm looking at one right now. It is a previously submitted question and just a little background um, for the question. It is a single mother um, looking to heal, heal her broken son. Um, the father's not around still isn't around uh the father has written the son off completely the mother tries her best to keep him around positive and encouraging men and to not let her son quit or walk away when things get hard or difficult um but to not uh repeat the actions of any men that he has seen before who have walked away when they just didn't feel like dealing with the stuff yeah if you will so she's just trying, probably trying to say like yeah um, she's, she's looking for advice on you know what can she do as the single mother to ensure that her son who is obviously affected by being left by the men in his life family. how can he what can she do to help him not repeat that behavior andre um, and then thomas Honestly, none of us have control over what he may become way down the road. Mm. So I'm not going to discredit any parenting of any nature, but to relieve herself of that mental burden, we can't control what type of father he may become. Um, like I mentioned, my dad been in jail my whole life. My mom literally gave me character and value and, and respect and honor and things of that nature. So focus on giving him life lessons, focus on making him a quality person and individual, like we said, become aware If you don't want to be a um, deserter or whatever term we want to use, because I don't want to coin any term. If you want to, don't want to leave a situation undone, um, practice that now. Don't leave your homework undone. Don't leave your chores undone. Things of that nature. Give him character and value early. Because uh, unfortunately, no woman can teach a man how to be a man, and becoming again, a father Andre. is definitely a whole other is a whole another step to that. Awesome, Thomas. I want to add a different spin to that question, and what I want to do is shout out all of our single dads and all of our single mothers. One thing that I want to just stress upon both single parents is don't transfer your frustration onto your child. Come on, that was good. That was deliverance. I hope somebody got delivered from that. Let's go. Whether whether the dad is upset with the mom or the mother is upset with the father, that is your situation that took place. And sometimes we, as parents, we those who are parents always are upset with the other person and they impede and they block that relationship that that child necessarily wants to have with it with that other parent. So I, I just want to just really, really stress on that because I think sometimes in my sessions that, that I have, that there are, there are individuals who really want that relationship, but they are scared that they're going to make the person that they're staying with upset. upset. Mm, say, ooh, so let's ooh, not transfer how... Things. Let's not transfer how we feel about a situation onto our kid because I don't think we are always transparent with our child with what really happened. Come on. There's three sides to a story. And I'm just going to stop there. <laughs> you said a lot, brother. You said a whole <laughs> lot. You said, I'm a tambourine, Jesus. <laughs> yes. Woo. Can't. <laughs> Woo. 
Next question. Ooh, that was good. That was good, brother. That was good. Um, actually, all of the parenting questions were along the same lines, but um, we do have some just some, you know general advice on single mothers raising sons. Um, not as in depth as the original question was, but you know general advice on single mothers raising sons, or you know any any. I don't want to say specific, but maybe daily things that can be done to, I wouldn't say fill the void of the male influence, but some male on male interaction, some, some resources that's there. Andre. Um, Unfortunately, during this pandemic time, we can't do as much uh, in-person activity as we like, Um, but there are or uh, mentoring programs and things of that nature. Um, get involved in as many things as possible. Finances to be considered, um, transportation and things to be considered. That's how I supplemented some of that time. I was on a track team, I was on a basketball team, chess club, things of that nature. So just having more exposure to different people, um, understanding who your son is connected to. So maybe his friend's father or uncle can stand in the gap space, it doesn't always have to be somebody in your immediate family. And like I said before, just make sure uh, the young man has confidence in himself and character in himself. So he knows what he wants uh, his manhood to look like. That's pretty much how I was raised. I, I like this, I don't like that. And then I form my own space on, on what my manhood should look like. The, I mean, the best thing in those situations is to, emphasis on this phrasing is be the silent supportive parent right when your kid is interested in something no matter what it is I and mean, we t- hit on this earlier tonight you know and if it's not your forte find the next best thing who can guide guide them through that explorative process and i mean it's the same way when you know a kid plays sports the worst thing that you tend to see is when the parents become over involved and a kid's success in their head, you know, because how a child processes is from within is based off of your parents' reaction. And if you're seeking for, you know, a child to become more engaged, right, you want them to feel like they're supported in what they do, but you also want them on their own to be interested in whatever it is that they decide, right? Just be there, you know, and the same way I said, like, take part, know what's going on, right, you know, that's the most exciting thing when you can turn and you have people that you can talk about this interest with. Doesn't mean that you know you have to do it, but at least be somewhat knowledgeable about it. You know, if it's a sport, at least be able to hold a conversation, know the rules. If it's an instrument, you know, familiarize yourself with songs, art, etc. You know, take part in the process. You might not be the teacher, but you can still be there supportive. I like that. I like that. That was real good. Anyone else? No, um, I did want to ask this question uh, really quickly, um, and then we're going to go ahead and wrap up. But how do you encourage a man to seek help? Um, how can we? We touched on this in the beginning, but more so like, um, let's just say uh, I'm with my spouse, and my my guy is, uh, you know, how we talked about that masking that uh, anger. Everything comes out as anger because we don't know how to express our feelings. How would one try to or uh, motivate their spouse to go to counseling? How would we go about that? Curvin? Um, find you a good black male therapist and um, that'll solve all your problems. <laughs> <laughs> Boom, that's it. Like so, like that's so. It. That's oh, it, that's all. No, um, um, from a relationship standpoint, uh, the, the most important thing is the relationship that you have with the therapist. So to try to find a therapist that is um, culturally competent, that gets you. You don't have to do a whole bunch of explaining of why this was the way it was. They they get it, right? Um, from a rela- relationship standpoint, going together and finding a person. And sometimes you'll find that when you go in together, that one, one person wants to go in and say, hey, let me work on me first. And then continue um, from a relationship standpoint. Uh, that's all I, that I, there's other ways, but that's all I'm, I'm going to give. Right 
I ain't gonna give you nothing else. <laughs> Don't give him nothing else. Let me make him pay for it, Kirby. Make him pay for it. Anybody else? I mean, I think a lot of it is about the presentation of what it is. You know, like we talked about way at the beginning. Um, and so, like, you know, kind of, you know, trying to piggyback off of Kirvin a little bit. But, you know, one of the biggest things is finding that culturally competent therapist. Um, but I think one of the most important things is whenever you're looking, also, you like, you don't want to go into a relationship where it's kind of like a dead end, right? There's no room to grow. Um, and you want that in your relationship with your therapist where you're going to learn some stuff. They're going to learn a bit, a little bit about you, but that grows together, right? When you go into that relationship, when it's just like, they're just a specialist like this, it's essentially a program, right? You cap out after you complete those treatment goals right. and that can be a turnoff, right? The idea of a program you want someone who, and this is what it is with therapy. We are paid to keep your secrets. You know, if there's no imminent risk, right? You can't right. say anything, right? They can't say that they will lose their damn job. You need taking the court, right? As long as it's not imminent risk in court, we can't say anything. They can't say nothing. They like your lawyer. Get yourself yes. a therapist. Yes. yes. Come on, that was good. Get your ass a therapist so you can get the shit out your head and on to your therapist because you know therapists need therapists too. Listen, I just need to go ahead and finish my degree and stop playing with these people because I got something to say. Okay. No. <laughs> okay. So that was that was good. Anybody else have want to answer that or was was what uh Rob and Kerbin said kind of wrapped it up? That was sufficient. Okay. So nice. my next thing. Oh, Andre, go ahead, sir. Oh, no, I was about to say they held it down for the most part, and I tried to uh, before they get to me. Uh, word of mouth is the key to all successful ventures in our culture. So yeah, he's a cool dude. Like literally, he go in there, make you comfortable, and pretty much try to have whoever's speaking to them encouraged from the service base. So it's never imposing, it's never forced. And uh, for those watching, therapy is not a mandatory thing. You can try one therapist if it doesn't work. You could try another one until uh, you you get your match, like the gentleman said. I love it. Thank you. Yes, Johnny. Um, mainly, I would say just give it a try. Mm -hmm. Most most of the times, most people are afraid to even try therapy. Mm -hmm. Even most of us as professionals, we actually I know on my end, I went to therapy for a few different occasions for a few different um situations, and I felt good about it. So just give step putting your foot out there and just give it a try. Because you never know what you're going to get out of, you know, that therapeutic relationship. And like Rob said, therapy, that relationship piece is important because that lets you know if you want to stick with that therapist or if you want to just find some, you know, find something else. It's like with us men, if we don't like a particular car, or if we don't like certain things, we, all right, it's time to go to the next thing. You know, it's funny because right. I got you, Thomas. Therapy, literally, literally, it's really like finding a good relationship. I don't know if somebody has said that, but it's a good relationship. It's just a good vibe. Somebody mm -hmm. who you know is listening to you, who is 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 vibing with you and understand, like uh, Kervin said, understand where, where you've been, you know, understand those things. It's really just like a real good friend, except for you ain't got to worry about opening up social media and your shit is on, on the socials, right? Okay, that's what you pay for, the hip part, right? You pay, <laughs> you pay for your shit to be... Hushed. Thomas? Yeah, so one thing I, I do want to say from a relationship standpoint, let's not use therapy as a consequence. Mm. We're either going to go to therapy or we're going to be done. So let's not use that Love as it. a consequence. Therapy mm. is not designed for it to be, if this don't happen, then the consequences want to be that. And then for my Black male therapist, for my therapist, period, let's be versatile in, in, in our approach. Because mm -hmm. the way that I, I may reach Johnny maybe a different approach that I may reach curbing. And mm -hmm. we as therapists got to get out of the quote unquote terminology. Mm -hmm. We know what our interventions are. Mm -hmm. We know what a labyrinth theory is. We know what glass means. We know all of the concepts. Mm -hmm. But when you have somebody walking in your office that is, you know, tense, be who you are. Mm -hmm versus being so focused on that technique and that procedure because you may turn that relationship off. Yes, I love that. 
Yeah. I love that. Yes. I got one more year's uh, counseling uh, from a master's that I ain't got it. Go ahead. <laughs> um, before you take us home, Sheena, uh, a couple of comments from the audience. One from uh, Mrs. Melinda Searles. She says, research the therapist. We read a Yeah, shout her out, please. Shout her yes, out. come on. Mrs. We shout out Melinda the Searles. <laughs> research the therapist. We read a multitude of information before we buy a product. We yes. should do the same with our therapist. Yes, I love that. I love uh, that. We have something from uh, Diane Haynes. Therapy is not forced. Basically, it's not going to work until you're ready to let it. Mm-hmm. It's not a consequence. Yes. You see what uh, Desi put? My aunt? No? She says you definitely can heal yeah. what you, she said you definitely can heal what you can't feel. Therapists have ways to help you address feelings that you have suppressed for a very long time. They can help you bridge the gap, fill in the holes to become whole. Come on, Auntie. You, no, come I, on, auntie. I got bars yeah. tonight. Come on, Auntie. <laughs> and then the other is uh, you must meet people. At the, at point, the point of, of their needs. needs yes i love that so listen we're gonna give more information but just by a show of hands just so that our viewers can see who actually offers virtual services so everyone except for johnny because johnny works inside the schools with uh our pre-k through eighth graders right but these gentlemen have services. So if you are a black man or a black woman who loves on a black man or a white woman who loves on a black man or have a black man in your life and you know that they need therapy, you now cannot say, because you know, we, we got excuses. We use excuses all the damn time. You can no longer say you don't know any black therapists because now we got four on this mother freaking car that are have virtual services, okay? So you need to go and get it. All right, two of them have their own, three, three of them have their own practices, right? Yes, all right, so like so like that. Come on, let's heal, y'all, we got shit to do, right? Most of y'all don't even know the brokenness inside of you is creating broken relationships and you don't, never, you don't even know, you can't even create a whole business because you're still broken. Come on, curving that was a word. You heard that word, Curvin, you heard that word. All right, y'all, do y'all got anything to wrap up? Any got anybody have anything to say before we wrap up out of here? No, I'm done. No, I appreciate the platform. Appreciate you, Sassy. Thank you, Johnny. I say um, to everyone that's listening out there that are that are thinking about going to therapy and things like that, just to know that they that they are not alone, mm-hmm. and just know that. The process of you seeking the services and seeking the help that you need is not a race. It's not a marathon. You just do it at your own pace. You don't have to compare yourself to other people when it comes to making sure that you want to get your goals and priorities intact. You don't have to compare yourself to um, others in terms like your family, your friends, your whatever you see on social media, things like that. Your healing is at your own pace. Come on. I love that. That was good. So I do want to give a few uh, tidbits. Kent will place these gentlemen's information, contact information in the comments. So if you want to contact them, um, if you are raising a young black boy and you're looking for mentoring programs, maybe they're not into sports. uh, The the men of Omega Psi Phi have a mentoring program here in Buffalo and in Atlanta, Georgia called the Omega Mentoring Program. If you are interested in Buffalo, uh, the program director name is Cedric Holloway. His number is 716-444-6078. You have Breaking Barriers Mentoring Program. They start from ages 12 to 24, uh, ran by Daniel uh, Robertson, uh, 716-704-9665, excuse me, 98. 65. I will also put his information in there. Uh, the men of Kappa Alpha Psi Fraternity Incorporated have a uh, the Kappa League, League program, uh, the oldest young youth auxiliary program ran by uh, Kendall Lowry and Tyrone Reynolds. I have their information, um, some resources for men who are looking for just mentorship or other things. Um, I found this wonderful organization, 100 Black Men of America, um, you're familiar with them, Thomas? 
Yep, yep, yep. They're in Washington. They have chapters in Washington, D.C. and in Atlanta, but you can actually put their, um, put your zip code in. They don't have none in Buffalo. I already looked, checked it. Um, and they also have an organization called Black Men Heal. Their goal is to remove the stigma around the pressures of men feeling and creating a safe space for Black men to step into. Um, they offer free sessions, so you can follow them at blackmenheal.org. Listen, I am so grateful. I thank you all for participating. Um, you guys have my email. This is not the last you were here for me. The first time I uh, met Johnny, we were doing, um, I did a D9 panel, and he was uh, one of the panelists for IOTA. Um, I'm so, so thankful and grateful and I believe in uh, taking people with you. So wherever I go, the higher I go, listen, I'm calling y'all like, I know I know all the people, okay? All right, um, shout out, listen, it's Black History Month, okay? And I am proud to be black, okay? Cause I'm out here, okay? Y'all see my African pieces, I'm all the way out here. All right, thank you again, love you guys. I'm not talking about y'all, I don't want nobody wife to whip my ass, I don't want Greg to come check, strangle me. Uh, yes, sir. <laughs> Real quick, because I was just about to say, I put everybody's contact information who orders, uh, who orders, who offers virtual services. I had everybody's except for Curvin's, but your wife is on it. Yes, she is. Because she put it in there already. <laughs> listen, you know, for people who seek in relationships, listen, she is on it. That's how you, you want a wife or a husband that's going to support your business like it's their own. That is, that is a brand Oh, that's tag team back again. Okay. You put it in there. She beat me to asking you the question. Go ahead, Melinda. Thank you again for tuning in to Sassy Sessions. Please like and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Sassy Sessions Podcast. You can also check out more episodes on our website at www.sassysessionspodcast.com. Do you have topic ideas? Shoot us an email at info at sassysessionspodcast.com. We look forward to hearing from you soon. Until next time, holla at your girl.